Welcome to the Witches and Wine audio experience. You know I'm getting so serious because I start I start messing Uh-oh. with my hair. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Hey everybody, it's Chawan again, and today I am joined by Rufus Opus. We are going to talk about his book, The Seven Spheres. And I heard about this book a couple months ago, and you guys all know my journey. I'm like you and this witch thing, doing this magic thing. I've only been doing it for about a year. So when I heard about his book, I was just like, okay, a lot of blogs are talking about it. Let me check out his blog. And his stuff was just so next level. I was like, I can't deal with this right now. Like, it was just so, like, technical. It was just so advanced. And I was like, I'm still trying to figure out just, like, how to put together a mojo bag. So I was like, I'll come back to this book. Because from what I've read, this book is so life-changing. I'm super curious to try it. Um, but before I do, because I'm super cautious, like I want to talk to Rufus, ask him how to do it correctly, and maybe some hint, hints so that people who are watching can also do it in a way that's more gentle, because, you know, this shit can become like real hardcore real quick. I am so happy that you're joining me. Well, I'm so happy that you invited me. I am enjoying this conversation very much. I find you quite charming, I must say. Oh my god, wait a second. Are you trolling me right now? <laughs> no, you're saying nice no I'm not a troll. That is a myth and a rumor. Hmm. So, <laughs> wait a second. Is that water or is that whiskey? Oh yeah, that's whiskey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hold on a second. Now I need to bring alcohol. This, my friend, is Korean wine. I know what that is. I have had some. It is delicious. If you notice in the Seven Spheres books, mm-hmm. uh, every every ritual involves uh, some form of alcohol. You know, they don't call them spirits for nothing. Mm-hmm. It is a way to sort of dissolve your your uh, normal social barriers and relax you a little bit and get in contact with the spiritual world. So mm. that's my theory. And also my justification. And I am sticking to it. Good. And I'm going to stick to this Chinese herbal medicine mixed with alcohol. And therefore it must be somewhat good for you. Sort of alcohol. Right. I believe this is a Canadian uh, uh, herbal medicine. Uh, yeah. Has an evil. Mm, so refreshing. I started reading your book um, a couple of days ago. And... I have to say that the book is actually really accessible. I thought that Mm -hmm. I'd be a lot more confused, but the way that you write about the seven spheres, and by the way, what are the seven spheres? Uh, They are the seven spheres of manifestation as uh, the ideas of God descend through the different layers to become the manifest experiences of our existence. Yeah, that's like the high-level bullshit <laughs> level, right? It's taking an idea, 
from your head, putting it into words, and creating some kind of physical manifestation of it. The seven spheres represent the process of moving from the invisible to the material. You know, it's real easy to just... From, let's say, law of attraction then, because isn't that what law of attraction talks about? It's, you think about it, and then you, like, make a vision board, or you, like, write mantras, like, I have a new sports car. I have a new sports car. How is the secret different from doing the seven spheres? The law of attraction, it's a repackaging of new thought, and new thought is, uh, if you look up on Wikipedia, new thought, it's... It's a it's a pile of crap in the same way that spiritism is, and it was crap then and it's crap now. In the secret, it talked about how the law of attraction works and how you think a thing into being, and speak it into being, and automatically you get what you want. Uh, it did not work for most people. It was functionally a failure in real life. The reason it doesn't work when you just try to think things into being and speak things into being is because you don't understand the forces of creation and manifestation that go into making your words effective. The seven spheres are an approach to understanding how things actually manifest in the world. It is not for everyone. Things begin as an idea and then they descend through these seven spheres and in each sphere the idea gains a little bit more materiality it goes from nothingness or you know the pure thought form of it it gets expressed as a word it goes into saturn it becomes uh truncated it gets a birth and a death in saturn it goes to jupiter and all the blessings that that idea is going to receive in life are deposited upon it it goes over to Mars, and the barriers around it to protect it and defend it are established. And also, uh, all the struggles and, and strife that you're going to face in, it, around manifesting that idea are established. It goes down to the sun, and in the sun, uh, the, that expression of it is sort of combusted. So like, if you look at what the sun does, it takes all the elements that were combined in the creation of our our local solar system and it compresses it and it ignites it and it expresses it. You know, the earth is a open system because we're able to live because we have sunlight, you know, that's what the sun sphere does with this idea. It takes that idea, it compresses it and it expresses it. That expression is absorbed by Venus, the sphere of, you know, the mother, the womb, um, it absorbs everything. It goes down deep into the productive, productive production kind of system. And then it's able to actually be born. Once it's born, it has to be understood. So it goes over to Mercury, which is the sphere of the rational mind, where you can begin to understand the idea in a more logical sense. But before it can actually manifest, it has to have a process of materializing and then dematerializing. And if you go back to Saturn, that's where you get your birth and your end date for this idea. Every idea that forms in the mind of the invisible, unconscious, eternal, whatever, God, whatever you want to call it, um, it has to have a beginning and an end in this material existence. 
the moon is the final sphere that the idea passes through. And if you look at the phases of the moon, you have a new moon where you, there's nothing and you have a full moon where there's everything. And then it goes back to the new moon. And every idea that forms in the mind of the infinite is ultimately manifested in the same way. It has to gradually appear, come into full fruition, and then gradually disappear. You know, I think that's one of the most powerful things that uh, Wicca has to teach ceremonial magicians is that the cycles of the moon matter a lot. Those are the seven spheres, the Saturn, uh, Jupiter, Mars, the sun, um, Venus, Mercury, and the moon. It's the descent of an idea into materialization. The difference between hermetics and secret is that in Hermetics, you're taught to be initiated into these spheres to understand the powers of each of these spheres. Um, the basic core fundamental belief is that human beings, as we decided to incarnate in this world, received a portion of the power of each of these spheres as we descended into materialization. And each of these archangels uh, or governors of the planets loved us and fell in love with us as soon as they saw us and granted us not only a portion of their powers, but the wisdom and intelligence to use it. And as we go through the seven spheres, we're reclaiming that. So it's a matter of reclaiming our personal power and returning to our, our status of the authoritative person who can speak our existence into being. Saying you can say whatever you want is fine. You know, I want a Camaro. I really want a Camaro. I got a Camaro. I'm going to have a Camaro. And yeah, you end up with like a, a 1982 version that looks like a loaf of bread with T-tops. And it's like, damn it. <laughs> That's not what I wanted at all. It's, it's the difference between, you know, somebody saying something and having the experience to mean it and the and somebody saying it and just being completely full of crap. Yeah, the way that you're explaining this to me, it kind of makes me think of, okay, like, I'm really into makeup, and I love watching YouTube tutorials that are, like, makeup looks. So you can definitely get a similar look to, let's say, something that Jeffree Star, like, he puts up lots of amazing makeup tutorials. You could buy the same palettes, the makeup palettes, and put it on your face, but it's not going to look the same because he's going through the actual technique. Based on his experience. Based right. on his experience, and he's saying you want to use this type of brush because it's going to get you a cleaner line. You want to mix these two colors together this specific way so that you can have that sort of nice fade out. Mm -hmm. So to me, what you're saying, it kind of sounds like if we're just talking about law of attraction and why it didn't work, it was people getting really excited and buying like the new makeup palette and just applying it with just whatever. And then getting yeah. disappointed that, hey, how come I don't look like Jeffree Star? I mean, how many years has Jeffree Star been doing this? Like, all his life, basically, since he was like a teen. Right. The people that I can help with my book are the people that are called to it. And if, if you're reading my book, if you're watching this, if you're interested in this kind of thing, chances are there's a whisper at the edges of the universe saying, this is an effective means that will be useful for you. And it's not for everyone. So if you are watching a Jeffree Star makeup tutorial, you probably want to become a better makeup artist. 
It's not like you're just gonna stumble onto his video if you were looking for, I don't know, a video about how to like tune your car. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big difference, right? Huge. So, and, and that's the thing is this hermetic stuff, these seven spheres, they're really great for creating a reality if you're a hermeticist. Completely useless to you if you're a Christian. Mm. You know, it's not the same thing at all. You're initiated into these seven spheres as you go up and you conjure these angels using the the rituals that I that I tried to make as simple as possible for everybody to do. The idea that I had when I wrote this book was to make it readily, easily available to everybody, you know, just get dressed up in, in something that matches what you're working with. I... I, at the time, I was super into cigars and whiskey and liquor, so every ritual comes with some suggestions about those things. But you know, all that stuff is superfluous. The point is getting into the presence of these other entities, but they give you this boost and this um, invisible experience and, and ability to accomplish things in the same way that you know Jeffrey Star can can present his face in whatever way he wants to, right? This whole thing is about is about developing those skills and techniques. And that's why we go through these initiations is to develop those things. And you don't you don't know when you learn how to do something. You practice it, right? But then when you're doing it well, you don't think about what you've what you've what you've learned. And this process is just a method of attaining the skills to create your reality a little bit better. We try to complicate this whole thing, and it's really pretty simple. You just take an idea and you you make it you make it happen. But making it happen is, I think, the piece that's missing from like the secret. You know, there's no there's no effort involved. There's no practical application of it. There's no, hey, actually, once you have an idea, you can't just say it, it's going to work and have it happen. You actually have to do something that involves a beginning and an end. There's some planning that has to go into it, project management. I want to be careful in how I express this, though, because it doesn't work for everyone. And that's something that has been a hard pill for me to swallow. There's people, people who just love the idea, love the book. They want to work with the seven spheres and still just doesn't jive with them. Right. It, it just isn't enough. Yeah, if you go back to Jason Miller, his Hecate course, mm -hmm. the stuff he teaches on Hecate. Oh, I'm taking is, that course. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it is it is amazing for a lot of people. I... um. He was kind enough to share his his research with me as he was going along developing the course, and I found it completely useless. I'm not I'm not able to work with Hecate. I work really well with Hermes Cathonios, who was Hecate's companion when it came to the underworld. There's there's a thing about relationship that matters you know you like some people and you don't like other people and the same is true of the spiritual paths so you have to find your own path you know and the seven spheres thing you can be interested in someone and not actually get along with them once you get to know them uh, it's like online dating one of the things that's been very difficult for me as a former hardcore atheist like you come from a more christian background 
I come from a right. super hardcore, super skeptical background. And it's been really, really difficult for me to accept that maybe the planet Jupiter has an intelligence. What? No. You know? Or that, yeah. you know, just like that there's some sort of actual intelligence in the stars in the sky. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I, I have a friend who is one of a more the more potent magicians I've ever met in my life. And he considers uh, uh, any kind of, um, what's it called, a meteorite from Mars that got knocked off of Mars here as a Mars talisman. As if the planet itself, the physical planet, is a battery that represents some kind of power source related to this hermetic philosophy. I mean, is it? And that? it is it? No, no, not in my opinion, not even a little bit. So yeah, I get where, where you're coming from. Uh, these these ideas that the physical planets are equivalent to uh, the spiritual properties that are applied to them or projected onto them in the Hermetic system, it's in my opinion a complete falsehood. There is nothing about the matter that condensed to form Mars that makes it martial, other than the fact that it looks red if you're in the desert. In this witch group that I'm in, a lot of the women, they actually take the NASA photos of the planets and they use it in their altars. So right. that there's no correspondence between the two? What is, all right, so let's go back to the word. Mm -hmm. Right? The Logos. The Logos is an image of an idea. If, to them, the picture of the planet represents the energies that they're trying to tap into, then yes, it's going to be effective. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm touching onto the borders of chaos magic, and I hate that. But when, he, when it all boils down to it, it's the person's affinity and belief with the symbols they use to create their world. Okay. The whole, um, Jupiter thing, like I actually have done Jupiter right to the, uh, radio signals that we receive from Jupiter and they were effective, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's just fucking static. Holtz's uh, uh, Jupiter thing is one of the most beautiful pieces to do a Jupiter right with. And it sounds absolutely nothing like the radio signals we get from Jupiter. But both are effective if you accept that they are representing the vibration of the sphere of Jupiter, right? You know, I mean, we cannot limit ourselves to any one one set of symbols when it comes to making this this thing happen. The whole hermetic thing is it's a system. It's a belief system. So, yes, uh, the witch group that, that takes pictures of Mars uh, and applies it to their martial rituals is going to be as effective as the Solomonic magician who goes to the the greater key of Solomon and takes the fourth 
key, uh, the fourth pentagram of, of Mars and creates it in a seal and sets it on an altar and lights candles in front of it. It's not as different as I like to pretend, you know? Well, these, the way that these... your book differs from the way that this witch group um, deals with planetary magic is that, okay, for example, if we're working with Venus, we're encouraged to look at, uh, you know, the Roman or Greek myths, to look at the Orphic hymns. Oh, yeah, those are to, great. Yeah, to light incense, to get stuff that's maybe green or pink or anything that we think has to do with Venus or Aphrodite. Mm -hmm. But right. in your book, you're actually introducing things like angels. It's almost like the technique, it's getting a lot more. Like, it's a lot more extra than what we're doing. If correspondences are based upon our personal sort of opinions and what we think is Venusian, if I'm an atheist, why bring in angels? Well, I mean, if you're an atheist, don't. Hmm. But will it really? work as well? But will it work as well? I... I don't know. I'm not an atheist. <laughs> but you wouldn't recommend. I, I, like, if I were to do the, if I were to actually do the rituals and go through the spheres, I should be probably following what you write down as closely as possible, right? All right. So if you, if you take what I'm saying and apply it, and you're an atheist, um, I guess I could explain it from the whole invisible to manifest approach the angels names are the manifestation of that energy in a way that can be communicated with right mm -hmm. so i mean in in the witch group do you have an entity that you conjure a, a deity form or something yeah we at, try at to point? think of some image some beautiful image of venus and we, we've gone from these ideas of, of what these energies represent and how they manifest in, the, in their symbolic forms. And eventually we got to a point in our occult history in the Western mystery tradition where we started to think that we should be able to talk to these entities and converse with them and have a conversation as if we were you know, interacting with them. When we did that, we started coming up with these keys. And if you can think of an archangel as a phone number to talk to that energy, that's a really useful uh, way to consider it, even for an atheist. When you conjure these angels, sometimes you don't hear anything, you don't see anything. And then you go to sleep and you have these amazing dreams that are all completely related to what you've experienced. These intelligences that have been identified, if you go into Agrippa, there's uh, uh, so many so many useful names and spirits that are based on all this math and all this other crap uh, that, that give you keys to be able to intellectually and rationally interact with that energy. For people who are interested in actively creating their world – uh, having an entity to c talk to is a lot different than having just this nebulous energy that's subtly influencing everything. Being able to focus it, like, you know, I'm talking to you. You're asking me questions. I ask you questions. We're having a conversation. That's a lot different than 
you following me on Facebook or reading my blog posts and me reading your blog posts or following you on YouTube. You're influencing me if I watch you on YouTube. But having this conversation is specific, right? So what Why the archangels do? Why can't I just call do, Venus directly? Why can't I just, you know, hey Venus, what's up, girl? You know. Well, that's that's what the archangels give you the ability to do. But why it's do we need the archangel in between? Uh, it's not in between. It is the manifestation of that that power in a way that can be talked to. Oh, so you're saying that Venus is almost in a way like kind of coalescing into a form that's more easier for us to converse than if she was just Venus. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. It's not. It's not this radiant energy in the background. It's. It's a. It's a entity that can communicate with you. See, I think most people, when they think of archangels, they think, oh, you know, there's God, and then God has these, like, little... Yeah, that's, that's a bunch of Christian bullshit. We, that, that's not how it works. The archangels are... I, I prefer to use the word governor of the planet uh, because it goes back to some earlier texts um, and also uh, uh, one of the grimoires that I'm, I'm happy with, the Arbitel. Uh, the governors of the planets are just these intelligences, these rational aspects of them. And if you think of every planet as the jewel with many facets, the archangels are a facet that is able to communicate with you. The archangels, I, I, in my opinion, and again, I, I have my, my experiences that I base all this stuff on, they aren't, they aren't intermediaries. They're not a stand-in. The idea of a stand-in for uh, interacting with deity is something that is relatively recent in our global tribal approach to spirituality. When you talk to the archangels, you're not talking to some angelic hi hierarchy. If you are able to conjure Venus using the Orphic Hymn of Venus and have a conversation with her, you don't need no freaking archangels. You don't need Haniel. Haniel is useful for me because I come from a Christian background and I have this Hebrew narrative that has defined my existence. But it is not the force of Venus that is manifested only and solely through the archangel Haniel. You know, you can you can reach Venus just by calling on Venus. It's different aspects of the same thing. It's it's not as important. You have to understand that words are are tools to represent ideas. So if if your if your Wiccan if your witch group is able to contact the powers of Venus by calling on her and she answers, it's every bit as effective as calling on Haniel. Can we see it as each planet? I mean, if we wanted to, we can say the actual planet itself holds an intelligence, and if that helps us, whatever. But can we also see each planet as being a type of archetype? So if we come from a more atheist point of view, we can maybe, like, look at Saturn as, like, the archetype of, I don't know, drill sergeant or something like that. And... I would go with Mars for that, but... Or... Yeah, Saturn, okay, Saturn yeah. would be, like, the Grim Reaper. Grim right? Reaper. And if we wanted to, instead of calling on... Archangel, we can just talk to the Grim Reaper, and it would still be the same sort of effect. Yeah, 
but it depends a lot on your background and what you expect. So when you say hermetics, you're saying like hermetics is almost in a way a very specific sort of symbolism. Filters. Yeah, filters, symbolisms. Yes, exactly. So if you're not attracted to that certain filter, then use another It's not going to be as useful to you. Yeah, just use use what works for you. But definitely get in contact with these forces. Understand how your reality is created. Let's say that I'm deeply in debt. Okay. And I would like to attract a life where I don't have any debt. Mm-hmm. How would I start working with your book and with the seven spheres? Well, first you'd go through all seven spheres because it is a process of initiation. It's an introduction to those forces. The conjuration of each of the spirits creates a harmony between yourself and those spirits. I would actually have to do a ritual for each of the spheres as laid out in your book. I recommend it. Uh-huh. Yes. And how yeah. long would that take, approximately? You can do it in seven days if you want to, but it's not advised because you know you you do have to deal with any issues related to those aspects of your understanding of existence, right? So, like, if you if you never got over the fact that your dad died when you were six. For example, I'm not saying your dad died when you were six. I hope he didn't. But, you know, if, if that happened and you never got over it, when you get into Saturn, you're going to have some issues to deal with death because Saturn has to deal with death. But it also has to deal with birth. Saturn represents the beginning and ending of things and also the foundation of everything that you experience. Getting into the presence of the archangels that are conjured in my book uh, – creates a resonance what is resonance being in the what is resonance resonance? okay if you ever go to a guitar shop and you pluck a g-string every every guitar in the guitar shop that has a g-string on it that's tuned appropriately will vibrate in resonance with that g-string right Mm -hmm. so it's it's just a matter of harmonics when you have a vibration that is in the presence of other things that are attuned to it, it will resonate at that frequency. That's science. Misatheist. Yes. So, <laughs> right. So the same thing happens when you conjure these archangels. The Hermetic philosophy teaches that we received a portion of every sphere as we descended into materialization. So before you were born, you went through Saturn and all the various different spheres before you manifested as yourself. We're talking at a soul level before I was born. Yes. Right, before you actually agreed to take that first breath. I believe that life begins with the first breath, so just for the record. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so are you saying that, you know like that concept that God is like an ocean and we're like the little raindrops? When I decided, when God decided that I was going to be, you know, that unique little snowflake or raindrop, like that raindrop, it went through all the seven spheres. Yes, And then exactly. went into my mama's womb, and then I was born. Right. Okay. Exactly. That's exactly how it happened, in my opinion. Okay. That's my understanding of this whole process. And as you went through each sphere, you're given a portion of the power to create in each sphere. Every human being can create reality. Every choice we make creates our, our experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's like a fundamental spiritual truth. Yeah. If I if I sleep instead of going to work, I get fired. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a choice. Some days sleep seems better. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> so but but no, I mean that power to create our physical experiences comes from that descent through the seven spheres. We receive the portion of each of those spheres to manifest those aspects of our life. You can create a wealthy life by focusing on the things that make you wealthy. That's Jupiter, right? You can create a very strict and you can be a very um, militaristic person if you focus on the, the martial aspects of life, Mars. You can focus on Venus and be a very sexy, sexy person, right? It's it's whatever you put your attention to that you can manifest. Beyonce is like the the perfect example. She is beautiful and sexy all the time, but at the same time, she's extremely rigid and controlled. She controls her image. She controls how things look, right? So that's that's the moon. You know, those those are the powers of the moon. the 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 manifestation of how things look in the material world is lunar. She's in charge of that, and she keeps strict control over it with Mars, and she presents it through Venus. And at the same time, it's her words, Mercury, that that are her song. And what is the song? Where does that come from? Where does her star power? I mean, right? She's she's a star. She has star power. Where does her star power come from? The sun. She is a, a really good example of somebody who has manifested all the powers of the seven spheres. She has a beginning of her career. She has a be- an end of her career. She has all of the things. She's blessed. She has all the powers of Jupiter working for her. She has the strict control over herself that comes from Mars. She has that star power to express it from the sun. She has the sexiness of Venus. She has the mental capacity to make it work. You know, so many people are really talented and burn out, but she didn't because she's smart. She's rationally kept her stuff together and monitored her contracts, monitored her, her, her requirements, managed her money, and she controls her image. She is the perfect embodiment of, of a powerful hermetic magician, honestly, but she might not ever notice that, right? Because well, it's not necessary. There's some conspiracy theories that say all her videos show that she's actually very aware of magic. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that you're using Beyonce as an example because... I think that a lot of people, when they think about magic, they don't think it's very practical. Or they don't want to be like that magician guy who lives in his mom's basement, you know, and just plays computer games all day. And a lot of people are very busy as well, and they're just like, they don't know how this relates to their daily life. But what I really love about your book is that while I was going through it, I was just like, okay, I think I can understand it just from any point of view, because it's almost like if we go back to God being the ocean and we're like the, the, the raindrop going through each of the spheres. When you say the seven spheres, you're not literally saying like there's an actual ball, right? We're talking figurative right. energy ball, 
yeah, this is this is a model. Model. Right? And so when yeah. it's going through each of the spheres, it's almost like going through the Saturn sphere, it's the, the raindrop that you are is being imbued with the taste of Saturn. So whatever mm -hmm. yeah. chemicals, molecules, and then when it goes through Jupiter, and there's a certain order, right? It's Saturn first, then Jupiter, then like the planets that you listed. And by the time that you're born, you have all those flavors inside of you, like everyone. Right, and the power no, yeah. to manifest them. No one on Earth is born deficient of any of those powers. Exactly. Okay. We all have access to it. What the Seven Spheres book does is, is it puts you back in touch with it and it cleans out anything that's clogging those particular manifestation points, yeah. right? When you talk so about like resonance, to... when you talk about resonance, with your, what I understand is what you're saying is, so like you're born and every human being on earth is born with all those different seven flavors in them. And so mm -hmm. when you decide, okay, my life, obviously like it's not super happy because I'm trying to improve it. So I want to balance out the flavor of Venus, that sweet, luxurious mm -hmm. flavor. It's a distinct right. flavor. So I'm going to do a ritual that kind of brings out the sweetness that's already in me. That luxury that's already in me? Uh, yeah, so the ritual conjures this entity that is the purest form of that sweetness mm. of Venus. And that being in the presence of that purest form creates a resonance with that latent part of yourself that basically vibrates at the same tune as that pured, purified piece and shakes off all the crap that might have coagulated around it that's stopping you from expressing it. If you've ever hit a piece of iron that's rusted with a hammer and the rust falls off, it's like that. You know, you hit it, it rings, and the stuff that's that's formed around it that we got programmed by with society, it all just it all just sort of falls off. And that's that's the value, in my opinion, of the whole seven spheres thing. You just conjure these spirits. You don't even have to talk to them. You just say, you know, please come into my presence. Bless me. Uh, I use the Orphic hymns as your statement of intent in this thing. And it, it's each poem is very concise and clear and asks for a blessing at the end. And if you just go through that, it conjures these these purified forms and these aspects of yourself that you were born with. And it cleanses it just by being in the presence of that pure form. I think now I'm starting to see more clearly how this is different from law of attraction. Let's say I wanted to manifest a sports car, right? Mm -hmm. Law of attraction, I would just think of the sports car. I would cut out pictures of the Lamborghini Diablo, put it on a vision board. I would imagine myself driving the Lamborghini Diablo. Maybe it'll work, maybe right. it won't at the end. But what your book, The System It Lays Out, is I would think about this Lamborghini Diablo, and then I would go through each of those flavors, those seven flavors, and mm -hmm. I would get the most pure version of that flavor, the most purest version of that Saturnian flavor, the Jupiterian flavor, and they're all distinct flavors. And all the crap that's around me that's keeping me from getting that sports car, 
it falls off because the resonance between the pure form and the purity that was in me but was covered in shit. All that shit right. goes away. And that process of letting the shit go, it, it can be painful, you know? Mm -hmm. And so by the time that I reach the end, I'm a lot more closer to all the pure forms of right. all the seven flavors and therefore much more likely to get that Lamborghini Diablo because, I mean, if I'm the purest form that I'm basically as close to the ocean, God, and God created Lamborghini Diablos, so... Well, yeah, <laughs> and gave you the, the impulse to actually want one. But there's a flip side. Uh-huh. All right, so you take the Lamborghini Diablo up to Saturn... Mm -hmm. And you take it down through Jupiter and Mars and the Sun and Venus and Mercury and the Moon, and you turn it over to the four principles of the universe. But as you're doing that, you are becoming more and more pure, okay. right? Because as the shit falls off, you actually become more and more yourself. So by the time you get to Saturn, where the beginning begins, you might realize that all you really want is a Toyota Tercel. Because that's really all you need to be happy. And all the things that made you think you wanted to have, you know, the Lamborghini Diablo were just a bunch of crap. That's the flip side of this. The process of manifesting what you really want also reveals what you really want. So it's not, it's always worth trying to manifest the uh, Lamborghini Diablo. It's always worth trying. But in the process of trying, you might find that what you actually want is not that, but perhaps what it represents to you. And you learn more about yourself in the process. So you end up thinking, you know, I could spend the energy that it takes to get a Lamborghini Diablo on helping other people or helping myself get over some issues that I'm struggling with or because everything that you're going to manifest is going to take attention and time and you have to pay attention and you have to pay time. And that's what you pay. That's the actual currency that we live in is attention and time. All, all the money stuff is just sort of made up, but the currency of our existence is, attention and time and yes you can get a, a lamborghini diablo but you're also going to have to get a job that pays enough for you to get that get the education to get the job get the luck and skills and talent to be at the right interview at the right time have the interviewer actually like you in the right way it's it's a process and it's multi-layered if uh, you're part of jason miller's course right mm -hmm. so you know you know how he's like you don't just put the wish out there. You also My put the resume out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and what happens as you go through the seven spheres is you, you end up micromanaging without thinking about it. You know, it just becomes second nature to you to do the things that it takes to make these things happen. And the world works in my favor much more than it ever has before, before doing the, the seven spheres work. The bottom line is that if you if you do this stuff, if it works for you, if you're called to it, if it resonates with you, uh, you'll be a more effective human being.
you'll be able to get what you want without even it, it won't seem like trying because it's just it's just sort of the person you've become you know it's not work it's just it's just fun you suggest that people get in touch with their hga their holy guardian angel before they start the seven spheres and yeah what what is an hga <laughs> oh okay that's that might have to be on a separate interview. Oh. I, I, this is my favorite subject. Oh. And, like, I've, I've got, like, 12 hours of material on this. Oh, my God. But yeah. you mentioned that uh, your, your holy guardian angel talks to Jason's mm-hmm. holy guardian angel. Right. Which is... Asshole. I thought that HGAs were just, like, you know, not, like, social. I just thought they were just kind of, like, there. But they're social, they're, they well, chill with each other, what's going on? Okay, so assume that there are, like, many layers of spirits, uh-huh. right? And one of these layers are the HGA level of spirits. Uh-huh. And they're basically like um, uh, social services workers. Okay. Right? I mean, okay. basically, that's that's a good way to wrap them up. They... they take care of people and make sure that they're getting what they need. They're educators. If you go to a high school mm-hmm. and you talk to everybody who's a 10th grade teacher, they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's kind of like that, at least in my experience. And I thought it was bullshit the first time Jason said, well, my HGA said that your HGA said blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know, fuck you, dude. That's not how this works. <laughs> And in in a matter of days, it was demonstrated that that's actually how this works. I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but this is the model that I work with. You know, maybe there's an HGA. Maybe there's some super consciousness that's all connected amongst all humanity. There's there are theories that the HGA is all uh, the Archangel Michael, and he's manifesting to each individual in a way that he can talk to them because he is the intelligence of the sun. There's that theory. Who knows what's right? You know, there's no way to say this is accurate. All I can talk about is my experiences with it. It's very useful. We don't need an HGA, right? We don't need the H. We don't need to have contact with our holy guardian angel before we do the seven spheres. Definitely not. Okay. Okay. Uh, The seven spheres might put you in touch with your HGA, like consciously, but. The fact is, is that if there is such a thing as an HGA, which I believe there is, um, it's already in touch with you. It's touching you right now. It's over your left shoulder. If you had a mirror and you – never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. it, <laughs> uh-huh. It's right there right now. It's above and slightly behind your head on your left sh- – over your left shoulder, and it's talking to you, and it's communicating to you, and it's guiding you and teaching you. And that's how it works. And it's always there for everybody who's ever ever been born, right? Uh, the whole HGA communication thing is just a matter of getting in conscious communication with it to be able to talk to it and hear its voice a little more clearly. And that's, if you've got that's in the touch whole with your HGA, they are better like guides. As you're going through the seven spheres, is that the, the point of getting in touch with your HGA for the seven spheres? They are useful in that mm-hmm. in that regard. If you're completely encrusted in dry 
dried mud and it's like stuck to your skin and you got to take it off, it's going to hurt. Or a scab, right? If you peel a scab off, it's going to hurt. You don't have to be in conscious communication with it to do the seven spheres. It's, it's useful, but it's not necessary. And one feeds into the other. You can start off trying to manifest something that is like a Lamborghini Diablo or like, I don't know, trying to manifest like a really hot boyfriend or something. And you'll work through the seven spheres and maybe what you started out with won't be what you end up, what you end up with, but what you end up with will be more what you really wanted. So it's going to win no matter what. So it's like a win-win situation if you just try. Yeah, what you end up. What you end up with is what you actually wanted. You just, uh, sometimes we don't know what we want when we start. That's one of the things I think that most people are afraid to do. It's like, they're just like, oh, you know, what I really want is just like a really hot boyfriend. But mm -hmm. I really shouldn't do um, seven spheres for that because it sounds so low level and petty. But it's sort of like, just start with that. Well, yeah, if you, if you start with that, you take it up to Saturn and say, create me a, a beginning and an end for a hot boyfriend, you know, and the end can be when I'm dead. That's fine. I, I get to be a, with a hot boyfriend for my whole life, whatever, you know. If, if that's where you want to start, go ahead and start there. But, you know, as you go through the spheres, you're going to discover more and more about yourself Sometimes the way the universe works is you end up with a really hot boyfriend who's a complete jerk. You get exactly what you asked for and nothing that you wanted. And that's the lesson. You know, you end up with a hot jackass. Hmm. Woo! <laughs> yeah. That's when you're shaking off the shit, right? Like maybe yeah. the shit is that you have to go through the, the hot jackass. But then once you go right. through that and you shake it off and then you become that really pure or purified form of one of the seven spheres or all the seven spheres, then guess what? Like, out of that, somehow you're still going to win. You're still going to be on top as long well, as you go and, through the process. And you end up with somebody who's also hot but not a jackass. You know, whatever, whatever problems you had going into it are going to manifest in what your outcome is. That, that's a given. You cannot go into any manifestation right without experiencing whatever it is that you're bringing to it, right? So if you have issues that are like, oh my god, I'm so shallow that I have to have some really hot guy no matter what he's like in real life, you know, and you you just accept whatever comes along that looks like what you want, you're you're going to have to deal with consequences, but you're going to come out of it smarter and. The next time, you might find yourself in a relationship with somebody who's super hot and also super kind, you know, because as your as your personal sphere, do you know what do you know what I mean by your personal sphere? Stretch your arms out as far as you can. Mm -hmm. All right, now move around. Right, that's your sphere. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is the extent of your physical ability to influence the world around you immediately, right? So as you purify that sphere, as you go through the seven spheres, you purify that sphere. So if you really want a hot boyfriend, you know, I mean, who is also emotionally aware, physically employed, <laughs> you know, able to provide you with the, the things you want and the things you need, you're going to attract that as you become more pure yourself. Right. 
And that's that's the the thing that the seven spheres does is it cleans you out so that you can draw into yourself those things that you want in ways that are meaningful. And maybe your idea of what a hot boyfriend looks like is going to change as you become more clean and clear. You might look more towards the emotional or spiritual sides of things rather than the physical manifestation. But that doesn't mean that you don't end up with like Arnold Schwarzenegger looking body and, you know, Gandhi mind. You can end up with both. I mean, the secret trick of, of my whole work is that I hate people, you know, I hate, I hate how, how people are. And I wrote the book, not you, of course, but, um, I, I don't like, I don't like how life is most of the time. And I want people to be better. And, the secret of my book is that it, it tricks you into being a better person so that I can actually enjoy your company. <laughs> it's all about wow. me. <laughs> oh, I would love to know in the comments, is there a certain planetary intelligence that you're working with, maybe Venus or Jupiter? And how do you think perhaps going through the seven spheres first and then working with Venus, then working with Jupiter afterwards, how could that take your magic next level? I would love to hear what you guys think. So Rufus, thank you so much for joining me. This was such a cool talk. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Okay, bye guys. <laughs>